The ugly truth will always be free, so it's clear the Uggs aren't in it for the money. But if you're a fan, we'd appreciate any support you can give. Visit UglyTruth.com and check out the Support the Truth column on the right. You can donate, download our mobile app, or shop the Ugly Mall. All proceeds go right back into the show. As always, thank you, and now, on with the Ugly Truth. Are you ready for another mind-altering dose of the sisters who will say just about anything? Jamie. This is not a cheerocracy, bitches. Someone's got to win. And Paula. I don't need to talk to whoever deals with discipline. Welcome to another unfiltered episode of The Ugly Truth. It is The Ugly Truth. Welcome, welcome. Episode 98. I'm home from... Vegas. Gross. Gross! You should be happy I'm home. I made it safely with all my money intact. No, I mean, well, it's because you don't gamble. Vegas is gross. But that's what I'm saying, as in you weren't like anywhere like... I wasn't even in the good part. Nice cabana, anything. No. Welcome to The Ugly Truth. I'm Jamie with my sister Paula. We are here to entertain you for a few moments. So the reason, I mean, we'll get into the Vegas recap because I have a whole lot of stuff to tell you about it. But I wanted to tell you that Girls on HBO has begun again. Oh, God. Are you watching Hold- it? I am. I like the show Girls because it's kind of the same reason why I like to watch Sex in the City now. The characters are assholes. They are very unlikable people. The characters on Girls, they're also quite unlikable to some degree because they're young and dumb. And I was never that... I, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. But I don't, I feel like I was never that dumb. But maybe I was. I just don't remember questioning my existence very often like these people do. But I'm torn because it is a well-produced, well-written show. Judd Apatow is the executive producer who I absolutely love. He did The 40-Year-Old Virgin right. and all of that. Knocked up, yeah. But Lena Dunham is one of the ra- main writers oh. and star of the show. So I, I'm finding it difficult. And we're still, you know, we're seeing her pale thighs. She's still naked again? Uh, there was, yes, there was some nudity or sex with the boy. And then she's now moved to, I think, Iowa to go oh. to some master's uh, writing school. And she's already, you know, wearing clothing that is absolutely not appropriate for her body type. So it's distracting. But, you know, I haven't seen her nips or anything yet. Thank God. Gross. But I'm torn because, you know, the storylines are funny. Like, I was watching it trying to be critical, like, God, I fucking hate you, Lena Dunham. But, like, she's in Iowa, and she walks into this house that she's rented. It's this ginormous house, because the cost of living is different than New York. Oh, right. She's like, well, what can I get for $800 a month? And she ends up living in this grand home mansion. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, probably a little overboard, I'm sure. You know, we have some friends in Iowa who say they clearly don't know what rent costs here in Iowa because that is completely not right. Right. But she walks in the door and it is in the middle of the, the country. She walks in and there's a bat in her house. <laughs> she turns And she goes, she throws her phone and breaks her phone and then runs and sleeps in the bathroom. I thought that was hysterical. I thought it was really funny just because of her, her reaction was really good. Oh, so I'm struggling because 
I don't know. I don't like looking at her, <laughs> but it's a good show. So I'm really struggling. See, I just loathe her so much that yeah. I can't bring myself to watch anything she's in. It's like Katherine Heigl. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I actually, Katherine Heigl incites rage in me. <laughs> I don't know why. When I see her, I'm just like, Ehh. I want to hit you. I'm like a cat. Like when they look out the window and they see someone, they're they like, growl. Yeah, you know, I definitely feel that way too. However, what I have noticed is that she's trying so desperately to abolish that reputation that she has by going on talk shows and she's being really humble. And I read this Who, blog. Lena Dunham or No, Catherine God, Heigl. no. She could give two shits. That's no. what I was going to say. I didn't think she cared. No, Heigl was at, I don't know if it was the People's Choice or the Golden Globes or whatever, but she was at some awards show and there was a person who some nobody got to go. She works for a studio or something. So she got to go and sit like in the far back and do like her little blog on what she saw and who she saw. And it was mm-hmm. kind of something you and I would do. Yeah. People watch the whole night. And she said, biggest shocker of the night, Catherine Heigl is incredibly friendly, very nice, very humble. And everybody likes her. And I'm like, wow, that is a huge turnaround. Because she got paid like $5,000 to say that. You think? She's a little, it was a little nobody out of All nowhere. All the gossip columns before then said Catherine Heigl is a huge bitch and everyone hated working with her. And that's why mm. most most of the time she hadn't worked you know what you're right maybe i did get maybe maybe she had to change her attitude so she could get a job i don't know that does work for most people i don't know know, change your attitude and all of a sudden you're friendly okay so you know who i am actually struggling with and this this kind of upsets me because i added him to the free pass list Uh uh-oh daniel tosh tosh point oh okay but the more I watch his show, the mm-hmm. more I'm curious, is he genuinely that big of a prick in life? Well, it's possible. I mean, he is a dude. And I mean, like, I I have no doubt that if I spent five minutes with him, he would desecrate me. Like, Oh, Paula. You know. Like later, you mean? No, no, to my face. You and, think so? And tell Has me, like, how fat and ugly and all these, you know, like... I don't think that would be... I don't think that's true. Well, but I mean... You're I, adorable, but I know what you're saying. Well, that's what we think, but he's in Los Angeles, and he's a single man who probably gets to sleep with every skinny, you know, big boobed toothpick down there, and so... I know what you mean, though. I just wonder if he... If, if it's truly just an act, and maybe, like, afterwards, like, he's just a really nice guy mm. that, you know, has has a funny sixth sense of humor, or maybe. if he's really kind of an asshole. Now, I have watched Daniel Tosh... Tosh? Tosh. Tosh or Tosh. Okay, Tosh. I've, I've seen probably most of his comedy specials. He has... I think he has two or three yeah. stand-up specials and they're really really funny they are very very biting and he certainly doesn't hold back when he talks about you know his experiences with women or others you know whoever he's very you're right he's he's hyper aware of flaws in people in general right so my only thing is this if you want to say shit about me to my face and people find it funny I can handle that. It it would hurt my feelings, but I can also handle it because he ain't perfect either, number one, or people like that. I would appreciate the face-to-face confrontation versus me talking to someone, they're polite, 
they're they're whatever and then the second i'm out the door they're saying terrible things about me right. that is an asshole and that is someone that i want to go sucker punch yeah no he usually picks on people who like put things on youtube and so i mean yeah well they're asking put, for it if you put it out there then <laughs> yeah obviously it's it's free game so it really is that's why i will never be on youtube no well at least you hope I don't, not you don't oh, know yeah. what happened what I mean, you could have gotten crazy in Vegas, Jamie. You never oh, know. You could have yes. been on Taxi Cab Confessions. Right. I was crazy in the Orleans Hotel, everyone. What, the Orleans no. Hotel? Where is that? Okay. It is off the strip. <laughs> God. So let's segue to the Vegas. Let's just get to the recap because I have so many things I want to tell you about because you're going to have lots of questions, I, t- I believe. We had Malia and uh, had a cheer competition. It was nationals. They had qualified with their team earlier this year or earlier in 2014. And so this is the final, final competition. It's really just a competition. You just get more cool stuff if you win your division. Some of the divisions are really easy to compete in and some are really, really brutally rough. They're hard to win. And so... We were there with four teams. Malia's team is the oldest, and they're in the roughest, hardest division. And what I mean is that it's hyper-competitive. She's competing against girls who have – their teams have a shit ton of money. They're, they live in Santa Monica. They're in L.A. They have their own YouTube channel. They're you know sponsored by co- plastic surgeons. I mean, they just have every option to make them a good competitive team. So – that and then you're competing against somebody from Compton. You know, it's a it's a big mix of teams. So Malia and I flew out of San Francisco, which is a great airport. We absolutely loved it. It was a little delayed, but that's pretty common for San Francisco. We finally landed in Vegas, and you know, it was weird because when we there, you will always see unusual characters in the Vegas airport. I don't know how many times you've flown into Vegas. Many. Uh, you know what? I think it was just one time. Okay. Well, I've flown in several times for work and just for whatever. And so it's weird how when you have a child with you, how much more you notice the characters in Vegas. God, I mean, it's everyone's instantly drunk. Even if you haven't been drinking, it's just the atmosphere. The cigarette smell, yeah. the, the the loud noises, the but but really the the caliber of people who are in a Vegas airport range from cheerleaders like me and my daughter, you know, me escorting my cheerleader to a competition to porn stars, to people who are there to get married. I saw a lot of trashy looking women with ringlets in their hair because they didn't want to comb the ringlets out before they got to their wedding. Oh, saw a lot of that. A lot of people in cowboy hats and boots. Well, that's okay. And so it was just an unusual group of people. So I and I thought it it seemed a little more elevated than normal, but I wasn't really sure. So we get to the baggage claim. There's a long ass line. It's like you're waiting to get on a ride at Disneyland to get a freaking cab. It's just ridiculous. So we're waiting in this line and I'm seeing a lot of people who look like they're in show business, but not like Hollywood per se. They look like porn stars, like a lot of them, and or or, they're or musicians. In the, they're in the film industry. They're in the film entertainment industry, and so mm. I I didn't think too much of it, but I did see there was just a lot of of que- not questionable, but just a lot of unusually showy 
looking men and women. Was there a lot of plastic high heels? No, a lot of juicy velour pants with Uggs, oh. um, a lot of vaping, a lot of uh, fake nails. <laughs> vaping. Uh, <laughs> fake nails. Big aviator glasses covering half their face. Okay, okay. Unusual colored hair with extensions and then the dudes were huge with tats or just very clean shaven looking i mean i've been to vegas a lot of times and this is unusually high for this type of character normally they stand out but now it's like we're the ones standing out because we don't look like any of these people i know when we went to vegas it's pretty much everyone has the same look it's your average joe who's excited and bright well depending on which escalator you're on right if you're going (laughs) up to the terminal everyone has their sunglasses on and they're drinking water right. if you're going Smart down water. the terminal everyone's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and With excited and you know it's mm-hmm. the little groups of friends but i right. mean they're your average joes that's right. what i've seen when i've been to vegas there was a couple of those but we flew in on a thursday so if they were they were early most yeah. of them fly on on friday right so we're in line so we get into the cab And we're taking off. Now, according to producer Dub, the hotel that we are going to be staying in for the next five days is called the Orleans Hotel. Now, this is a quote unquote family friendly Vegas hotel. It's off the strip. You can see the Vegas strip from the hotel, but it's just it's like three huge city blocks away. So it's not a dump, but it's not the showy Vegas that you you well, it's not the vision in your brain. No, it's nothing like the Aria or anything like that. And so it's it's fine. It, if it reminds me of an Indian casino, but it's huge, humongous. Nothing is close. You have to walk everywhere. So we're in the cab. It's bumper to bumper on this road. It's not even the freeway. We're just on this like thoroughfare. And the cab driver is getting text after text after text about come pick up this person. He's missing like seven and eight cab calls, which is he's losing money because we're stuck in traffic. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just how it goes. He can't go anywhere. Nobody can. We're, we're literally bumper to bumper, three right. rows across. So is your meter running on time or distance? It's both, but it slows down when you're not moving. Because that so, pissed me off. Because I'd be like, forget it. We're getting out of walking. Well, I would, except it was so far away. And not to mention, we saw a bunch of people who work at like fast food joints and something. And they were running up and down the sidewalks, like back and forth. And I'm like, what? This is practically a freeway, but not quite, but almost. Well, what's going on? Were there a picketing or something? I don't know. So finally, Paula, seriously, we were in that cab for over an hour. Our hotel, God. our hotel was eight miles away, eight miles away. And That's... we were in that cab for over an hour. We finally get to the main four-way stoplight sign and some idiot had plowed through a red light and caused a humongous accident in the middle of one of the busiest cross sections in vegas if he wasn't dead i would have gotten out of the taxi and killed him (laughs) right maybe he was but all i know is there was like six cop cars they had completely blocked off the the intersection and so that's why we weren't moving is they weren't letting anybody through and this taxi driver didn't know like another back street or something to take or there wasn't one and he couldn't even if he wanted to there everybody was stuck and so finally we get through he gets us to the orleans he goes well that was quite an adventure wasn't it and i go wasn't it Fifty-five dollars later. <gasps> Are you fifty? No, fifty-five dollars later, we get out of the car. Well, I would hardly say he was losing money. That's probably more money that he made <sighs> than if he had taken the, the fares. Well, the thing is, is even if he had tried, he would he would have ultimately been stuck because it was one of the main roads to get into the strip. We passed the strip, so it's like 
nobody was getting through nobody was making money everybody was like probably why he was getting so many text messages it's like no one's coming someone goes probably no there were probably no taxis available there weren't everyone was stuck okay yes we were so 55 dollars later was like oh fuck finally so we get out we had been in vegas for two hours already and had seen nothing (laughs) so we check in and it was fine. I mean, the check-in was was a breeze. We we got through. The place is crawling with parents and cheerleaders. And I'm like, well, this is exciting, you yeah, know? Because fun. Here's the thing about cheer competitions: I could watch them for hours. Like, I have no problem watching kids compete for cheerleading. I mean, it's my favorite thing. Aww. So I have no problem with it, you know. So we get there. We get into the hotel. Now I have experienced less than stellar accommodations when you are staying in places like reno <clears throat> circus um, circus 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 reno aquavella leprechaun <laughs> oh, somewhere in the corner god. orange <laughs> shag carpet god nails in the wall <laughs> so i was a little concerned i was a little concerned that it was going to be something of that level when we got there and so I open up the door. The place is immaculate. It smells like cl- cleaning chemicals, which is like my favorite smell when I go to well, a hotel. Well, yeah, because you know it's clean. It's been, the, the, the floors have been shampooed. Things have been sanitized. It felt really nice. No weird bedspreads on the bed. It's just, it's kind of one of those beds where it's just sheets and blankets, you know, so there's no gross sperm covered you know, so you don't have to think mattress. you're going to get scabies or something. Yeah, you're like not going to have some you know fifty year old guy's splooge on oh, your God. your quilt. You know, it's disgusting. It is, which is why they don't do it anymore. And I'm so glad. But they did have this one long burgundy blanket at the end of the bed. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the middle of the night, I had pulled it up because I was cold, and I looked and I thought I saw a stain, so I kicked it and threw it across the room. I'm like, get it off the bed. How can you see a stain in the middle of the night? Where did you have a black light? No, but it, there's lights everywhere. But the blanket was actually worn, so it was like the threads were showing. Oh. So at, at <laughs> night, at night, it looked like a white spot, but in the morning, I noticed that it was just threadbare. I still, I still didn't trust it, so oh, I just left well. it on the floor. I didn't. I just never used it. I was fine. I use my robe to keep me warm. <laughs> I, I think you did that in Circus Circus, too. <laughs> I don't like things that could potentially have things on it. I just would rather deal with sheets. It's all right. You would do it, too. So oh, the, fine. the one thing that I recognized about all, I mean, there were thousands of families and cheerleaders there. Uh, we were there for probably 30 minutes. And all I can tell you is that it is a humongous booze fest. There is so much alcohol flowing through these cheer people i can't even i was shocked i wonder how many of the cheerleaders were drunk probably none the parents were so hammered and they were bombed the entire time they were there they're just like if i'm gonna be in vegas for five days i'm gonna live it up i saw a man that we we were just walking to our room and there was a dad who had was walking around with a case of budweiser Walking around Just holding it like a baby. Drinking. I'd be like, what <laughs> is this, a frat party? Seriously. And he wasn't the only one. I saw a couple guys like that. That's ridiculous. I saw a woman in the morning walking her five-year-old daughter in her cheer uniform, holding her hand, taking her to wherever they were going, and clutching a gallon of vodka. I am not kidding when I tell you that these people were boozing it up. I mean, hardcore boozing. Not just walking around with a cute little cocktail. Seriously. Not like, you know, the long margarita 
you know, Eiffel Tower thing. No, we're talking like I have a mission and my mission is to stay bombed the entire time I am here. Now, on one hand, I understand it. We have all invested thousands of dollars, thousands of hours of our time for these girls to do this. And if our payoff is five days in Vegas, then that's our payoff. We will work to that so that we can be drunk the entire time. So did you get to experience like real Vegas or were you kind of bound to this place? There is not enough downtime to go to the strip and go clubbing or anything. I mean, now you know me. I am not a gambler yeah. at all. Now you would have been and you would have enjoyed it because yeah. there there was enough downtime where you could have easily gone and gambled for a few hours and you would have been happy. Downtime. You know? I would have been going during the time too. <laughs> I'd been like, good luck. See you later. Yeah, you think you would do that. <laughs> And I thought it was going to be that way. You know, I thought that I would have time to, you know, have some cocktails, you know, go check things out, maybe get a cab, go to the strip. No, there's no time for any of that. And what I realized is that as drunk as these people were, they did not let their children wander. I mean, everybody had their kids. Nobody relied on anybody else. There's too many people. And there are tons of families that came together, like grandmas and grandpas and mom and dad and siblings and i mean it was like a family vacation for some of these people for example we were at the event center and and it's an exciting thing the stage is huge i'll show you pictures it's a big deal you spend a lot of the time at the arena and there's cocktail bars all over the place there's (laughs) beer budweiser's there you know i mean it's a huge place i think you were at a heavy metal concert <laughs> you there I, there was more alcohol there than some of the aerosmith and skid row shows i've right? been to lots of alcohol and so at some point towards the evening especially in the evening sessions there's a lot of dads walking around i saw a dad walking around in a three-piece suit sipping beer out of a cup with a straw i want the truth you can't handle the truth finally i think it was the second night because I had not had any alcohol. I was I don't like not being alert, especially when I have my child with me. Right. So I don't I'm shocked by how these people are handling it with booze. It's like I can't, you know, maybe I don't drink as much as I thought I did, you know, but I just finally said, you know, what? I'm going to go ahead and get a cocktail. So I went and got uh, Malia wanted a smoothie and they had a smoothie station there. Or you can get a double shot of rum in it if you want. Well, so you can get yeah. a virgin or one. I said, you know what? I'll have one with a double shot of rum. I have not had rum in like forever. So yeah. I'll have a pina colada with with rum in it. So she made me a double and she said, well, sip it. Do you like it? I'm like, yes, this is very good. So I sucked that thing down. And what I realized is that the second that I had the edge taken off, all of a sudden I became friendly. And, <laughs> and I was no longer looking around like I was waiting for someone to try to kidnap my child. I was ready like, to relax. So good to see you. I haven't exactly. seen you in So Malia has to stay with her team. So she's watching some competition. So I'm in the main walkway area standing at a table playing with my phone. And I've had this cocktail. And all of a sudden... People are coming up to me and they're like, 
would it be okay if we shared this table with you? You know, there's there's such a, this real estate you just can't get. And I'm like, absolutely, no problem. And so the dad's standing next to me and he can barely stand. And he's like, oh, isn't it nice to have a table? And I said, yes. And I'm being really friendly. And all of a sudden this family from LA is standing there with their children and I'm making friends. And I said, oh, so rum melts my bitching resting face. Well, this is an interesting news. I had no idea. <laughs> well, maybe you need to buy some rum. I guess I need to drink more rum if I'm going to be out around people because now they won't see me as this scary person and I'm actually a friendly individual. Who knew? One of the best ways to feel pretty at any moment is to master the ugly truth lip and clip. To do that, the Uggs know you have to have the right stuff and be ready for anything. So get yourself inside the Ugly Mall at UglyTruth.com and click on our Avon link. Every time you buy something, you'll be helping out the show. So thanks. And now back to the Ugly Truth. Okay. Cheer dads are an unusual breed of dude. They are very dedicated to their their children in general. Usually they have a son who's playing football and then their daughter ends up cheering for their brother is usually how it works. That's traditionally what I've seen. So the dads are already all in because of their son. Okay. Then they get their precious princess who decides to be a part of it all. And it's it becomes a family activity, which I think is really cool personally. So I'm watching this dad and he's with his wife and son and they're standing in the corner feeding everybody. And he looks like he could kill somebody. He's this really big Hispanic man wearing like a mechanics button up shirt. Yeah. And he's menacing. He's he's bald. Mm-hmm. His head is shaved. He's got the, the mustache. He's got tattoos. They have like the teardrops on his cheek. No, nothing okay. like that. But he's tat- he's tatted up and he's just a he's a tough looking guy. Right. I wouldn't want to mess with him. So he's actually, you know, he's just doing his thing. And then you really start looking at his shirt. He's got his daughter's name embroidered on the sleeve. He's got division champs on the other side of his pocket. And then his little girl, who's probably five, is sitting on his shoulders, completely in her cheer uniform with her hair done and her cheer makeup on. And he's giving her French fries. And he is like completely all in. It's like he's the softest, sweetest dude with his daughter. And I'm like, that is exactly what cheer dads are like, though. That's what they're all like. They are all like that. They're walking around with big cheer dad and, you know, holding their little girl's hand. And I thought, you know what? That is really refreshing because you see, and they're, like I said, there's a lot of scary looking guys there and they are, but they are all about their daughter. they leave their egos at the door. They do. It's kind of like, I was telling Daryl, it's kind of like going to Disneyland. You do things for your children at Disneyland that you would never do in public ever, (laughs) ever, ever, ever. Like I... I've seen, we've been to Disneyland. Daryl's the same, he, he's the same way. Daryl will walk around in mouse ears if it makes his <laughs> children laugh. Um, oh, are you kidding me? When we do take the kids, I am guarantee it will be mandatory that Victor and I walk around in mass, mouse ears. You Or or whatever hat. Like, we, we were there. Yes. Well, we were there. And, I mean, you want to live the fantasy for even three days. You know, what? it's just, you want to completely immerse yourself into what you're doing. I saw a dad wearing a, Wearing a goofy t-shirt with a goofy hat that had ears built in. Yes. Walking around with his daughter on yes. his shoulders. Walking around looking like, well, where are we going to go now? And she's yeah. like, oh, dad, let's go over there. He's like, all right, let's go. And they just, <laughs> you just, it's like free for all. And we're off. <laughs> yeah. And it was like that at the cheer competition. It's like, well, what are we going to do now? All right, let's go. Like, do you really think a dad would walk around with his daughter's face emblazoned on his chest at work? No. Well, no this is where he wears it, you that's know? That's probably true. So... 
Were there any male cheerleaders? I saw one. It was in the older division. Oh, but okay. most of the high school that are co-ed, they were competing on Monday and we we left Monday. So we didn't oh. see the last day. I know. I've seen it, though, and it's it's really cute. Well, now the staff that's running the event, there's a lot of male cheerleaders. Most of them oh. are male. Oh, and they're okay. very good looking. They can do like flips forever. They can jump ridiculously high. They wow. lift up the girl. It's like college. Yeah. But it was so funny. It was the first night we were there and I'm watching all of them perform on the stage and, you know, getting all the girls excited and throwing free shirts and doing all their things. And there's this one guy, he's just a little chubby, not too chubby because he can still do everything. Right. But he had a little bit of a belly and he was wearing a headband. Okay. (laughs) And he was the only one wearing a headband. And he was the one that was just a little off of everybody else. So when everybody was done jumping around and doing their little stunts, all of a sudden he would decide to do a herky. (laughs) out of nowhere. I was just going to say he had to have been full of like so much spirit though. He just did a herky and then he would do this uh, and he would just like look at the crowd like look what I just did you know and he did that a couple of times. Like, the first time he did it, I go well that was All odd. the girls are probably thinking like Frankie God stop it. <laughs> so fucking annoying. I it's hate like, why you. are you doing this? I hate that we had to let you on this team. <laughs> exactly. He's the one. He's the one that probably won by like a half a point. And they're like, well, right. he did win, you guys. Only we because your on the parents team. came to school and threatened to, you know, sue because of discrimination. <laughs> so he did that a couple of times, a couple kicks, a couple of weird little moves. And then for the rest sakes. of the week, I never saw him again. <laughs> wow. I only saw him the one night. They're like, that was your one night, Frank. They That's are, it. There you go. So how did how did Malia fare? Malia's team was in the hardest division of the weekend, essentially. Okay. And last year they finished seventh. This year they finished sixth, and they were de- they were devastated. And you know what? Our girls had such high expectations; they were so disappointed. But at the end of the day, they got a party bus that had um, you know. It's one of those giant trucks that has like poles and bachelorette parties get them in Vegas. Yes. They rented one for an hour. They went up and down the strip without parents, just their coaches and their teammates. And it like completely changed their attitudes. They were so happy with each other. They're so excited. And the local news, Good Day Sacramento, thinks that they are all worthy of some recognition. So they will be on the news on Friday morning. Wow. Yes. How exciting. Well, yeah. we'll have to check that out. I mean, by the time this drops, it'll have already come to pass. But Yes, but I'm telling you we'll that, post, yes, they'll be on Good Day. We'll post it on our I'm uh, so website. excited. She's going to be on television. She's famous. Of course, now we have to be up at the crack of dawn. Uh-huh. And we have to be at Bella Vista at 6 in the morning. I asked her, I'm like, what time do you have to go to work? I'd <laughs> like, rather dude. eat dog throw up than do right? that. So, um, of course... Uh, the the first morning we're there. Housekeeping. What housekeeping? Eight forty five in the morning. Get the freak out of here. Eight forty five. And so what was funny is I looked at Malia because we were both in bed still, and I looked at Malia and I said, Malia, that's your friend. Uh, those are your friends. And then all of a sudden the door opens and it's this woman. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not ready for housekeeping? And I'm like. Get out! Yeah, really? I was so pissed. God, I'm sure you were like a fire 
breathing dragon. Get I, out! I was. <laughs> I was. She blasted backwards into her cart. I'll, I'll put this do not disturb on your door, so we won't we won't she come in again. Too. That thing stayed on there all week. <laughs> I never took it off. Really? I said. I will do maid service one time and then that's it because we're not pigs. Well, I was like, you're you know? not dirty people. It's not like you need your bed made. You know, you're not going to use the face bar soap and. You know, the thing is, is that we literally, all of that stuff stayed untouched. I mean, we didn't even, nothing. I mean, right. nothing. So you didn't need maid service. No, I mean, I used it one time because Daryl came in and surprised Malia. She He showed up on Saturday to surprise her so he could see her competition on Sunday and Aww. it was it was really sweet. She hugged him and wouldn't let go and I of course we started crying because we're we we're parents and she was being so grateful and and I, it was really sweet actually Very getting a little clumped now Very but touching moment it was and you know what and he was so glad that he came when he saw what it was really all about you don't realize the magnitude of what you're doing until you're there and you see what they're what the pressure is and it's a really it was a really fun thing it's not at all like what I expected. It was way different and really fun. So that's Vegas. And we all came home and I had never... Oh, well, there was one thing that happened. What? I did cry quite a bit on the plane home. Did you think you were going to die? No, but you know what? I was really exhausted because it was five long days of processed food and smoke and you know running around. And it was just a long five days. And yeah. when you have your kid with you... You're, you're on heightened alert all the time. Yeah. And so we get on the airplane and I'm, you know, the thing is, and moms in general are like this. I'm still, my voice is still screwed up from all the freaking cigarette smoke. You don't relax until you are, you know, you tell your kid, you know your kid, you don't have to watch them 24 hours a day. So right. we're on the plane. And of course, Malia refuses to give me the window seat, which is like very difficult for me because I like the window. Yeah, so now I'm in the middle and Daryl's on the aisle and we're sitting there. We're getting ready to take off. Now, I am not a good flyer for no, sure. I hate taking off more than life itself. Me too. I can deal with the landing. Oh, taking the off landing is, the worst. is my favorite part. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm just I, like, thank God we made, we it. made it. Yeah, we're alive. The takeoff is horrible and yes. the mid flight, especially if there's turbulence or there's that dropping sensation yes. that keeps happening. I'm, yes. I'm no good. It's terrible. And and a lot of it is because we're control freaks and we have we have to relinquish control to some stranger that we don't even know. And so we're taking off and I just start bawling. And Daryl's like, what is the matter? And I go, I don't know. I think I'm just really tired. <laughs> I just, I had to put on my sunglasses. Jeez. Was, I know. You could have caused what? a scene, Jamie. They could have sent I a know. flight attendant over oh, to Oh, I you. wasn't his. Well, luckily it wasn't the ugly cry. It was just the silent... A uh, tear weeping thing. That's why I put my sunglasses on. I didn't want to cause a stir. You could have been like uh, the girl in Bridesmaids. <laughs> this is America. No, this is first class. You can't get out of here. Help me, I'm poor. <laughs> I love that movie. What's your name? Steve or whatever his name was. Stove. That's an Stove. appliance. <laughs> Yeah, really funny. So needless to say, I was I was a zombie by the time I got home. I just could not wait. And Malia, it's like we all retreated to our our rooms, your little caves. And Daryl's like, where'd everybody go? We're like away from each other. Yeah, we really? just couldn't get away fast enough. We spent five days in the same room. Oh, I know. And, you know, she's pleasant, but she's still 14. And, you know, come on. We just want to get away from each other. Blame me. So uh, we love our children, and you were at home handling a very typical school situation, it sounds. Yeah, so 
Victor is a peacekeeper. He likes to talk situations down, you know, keep keep things calm, bring it down a notch kind of person. He's just not into confrontations. No, he's very non-confrontational. All right. Me, on the other hand, well. if someone even looks at me sideways, I'm ready to cut them like 15 ways till Sunday. Before they even know what happened. I almost look forward for an opportunity to harm someone or to say something (laughs) terrible to them. So I am definitely a fighter. Yes. So my son has taken after his father and he is very non-confrontational, doesn't like to fight, you know, does just wants to keep the peace. So at school, there's been this little shitbag kid for the last, you know, for most of the school year, yeah. who is, he's just a little dick bag, and he says mean things when they're playing sports, you know, that people suck, or he'll push them, or, you know, things like that. He's just a bully. He's a little... And this is not, he, he does this with others, not yeah, just Yeah, it's yourself. not isolated to just Ryan. Okay. So, you know, we've been coaching Ryan all year to say, like, you know, go play with other people, make new friends, you know, go try a different sport, you know, mm-hmm. avoid him, blah, 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 you know, trying to get him to redirect so he's not around this kid. Right. So Friday, I pick Ryan up from school, we're driving, and I'm like, you know, half listening, half, you know, just driving, you know how it is when... You yes. Know, yeah, you're just like, tell me how your day went. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Right. So I'm listening, and then all of a sudden he's saying, well, came up to me in line and just started kicking me, and I'm like, what? What the hell? And he's like, he just started kicking me in the legs and kneeing <sighs> me and stuff, and I'm like, why? He didn't know. Completely unprovoked. This kid just walked up and started doing it. I'm like, what did you do? He's like, well, I was backed away and I was trying to block him. And and why didn't you punch him in the mouth? (laughs) So that's what I would have said. Well, I know better than to say that to Ryan, because as much as I wish he would, I know he never will. And so I'm just like, so what happened? And he's like, well, finally, the teacher came out and, you know, he got sent to the office for the rest of the day. And so my car was like, yep. and I made a U-turn and I went back to the school. I was like, we started oh, yeah. gunning it. And I'm just like, I've had about enough. I said, all the coaching and all the talking to you, this is this is just it's not, not the resolving. answer. This I said, because you know what? It. You're not the problem here. And honestly, honestly, if Ryan had retaliated, he would be on the same level. As far as the school goes. He would be equally as guilty. Right. So. Which I think is ridiculous. I get out of the car. Now, granted, I'm wearing like sweatpants and a hoodie. (laughs) You all of a sudden don't care. But I just, you know, (laughs) and I've got both kids in hand. I'm power walking to the office (laughs) and I see the vice principal at the front door. And I said, I need to talk to whoever deals with discipline. And he's like, well, that would be me. And he says, in fact, your name is on my list of people to call. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm right here. So why don't we have a chat right now? Yeah. So we went into the office and we just talked and... I guess they've put different things in place, different measures mm. in place that for this aggressive little for asshole this person and he is uh, he was being severely disciplined. What does that mean? Uh, I he may have been suspended or something, Good. I don't know. 
but he is no longer able to go to recess. Uh-huh. So we'll see what happens. But maybe it was a last straw because he's probably done this to other children. Well, you know, he and that's what the teacher said or the uh, principal mm-hmm. said. He said that it's not just Ryan. He's just aggressive. He's had problems with other children. And mm-hmm. when I was talking to Ryan, I'm like, what do they do about this kid? And he's like, well, I know they've sent lots of notes home. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, that works. And so I told Ryan, I said, this is the sad part ryan his parents don't care about him not enough his parents don't care enough to correct his behavior they've gotten all of these notes they -hmm. know that he's a problem and they don't care and they want the school to do it and they and that just shows that they don't love their child well they just want the school to deal with it because it's happening at school because a lot of times depending on the situation of course the, the teacher or whatever, they'll say, you know, it's a school issue. We'll deal with it at school. But it's usually something minor like your kid won't sit still for five minutes or, you know, they're talking out of talking without raising their right. hand. No need for you to step in when it's behavior that I need to correct at the school. But when you're talking about kids who are, you know, pummeling other kids unprovoked, right. that's when you have to do something. Now, I will tell you this happened to Mackenzie when she was in fifth grade. Uh-huh. This boy, who is a complete loser in life, by the way, now I'm that he's sure. almost like he's 22 now, he's been in jail already. I mean, he's just a loser. But back then, he came up and he did it to others. But but Mackenzie's incident was actually the final straw that got him expelled from the school. He yeah. walked up to her and he bitch slapped her across the back of her head for no reason. He She didn't even see it coming. She was like, her head was turned. She was walking. And he walked up to her and did it. Now, I know his father very well <laughs> and not in the sexual way, but I know who he is right. very well. He's homeless now. This is not a good dynamic for him right. at home. The mother basically took her daughter and disowned both of them at that point. I mean, it's it's not a good family. I would yeah. never be able to do that to my son. However, this family broke apart. She went her way. He took the kid and, and did his thing. But all I wanted to do was find him and beat the shit out of him. Because not oh only was God. he was he older, but he, he was picking on a girl. You know, I mean, I don't care about equality and shit. She was a girl and he's a boy. And it probably hurt her a lot more than it would hurt him if she had done that. So I was shaking mad because, and you know what, there's nothing more frustrating when you're dealing with children because there's there's nothing you can do. You know what I'm saying? No. So when Victor came home from work, I said, well, I need to talk to you about something. And so I Mm -hmm. went to the bedroom because I knew he was going to be angry, to say the least. Right. And so I told him what went on and then he opened the door and then he says, Ryan, get in here. And Ryan came in. And so he says, Ryan, he says, I'm telling you right now, I know you don't like to fight. I know you don't like violence. He says, but if that kid touches you one more time, he says, you absolutely must punch him in the face. Yes. And all the way through. He says, you have to. Yeah. You have to defend yourself. At some point, you have to do it. Yeah. Because he says, otherwise, they'll keep bugging you. And he says, someone basically backed me into a corner and I had no choice because mm-hmm. otherwise I would have just sat in there and gotten beat. So I punched him as hard as I could right in yep. the nose. Yep. And he says, and he never bothered me again. That's right. Because he learned that you have a limit. Right. And, and so, everybody has one. It's just a matter of when it is. And, you know, 
he will figure it out on his own if if he comes across a kid like this again something will provoke him enough to defend himself physically if he has to and i told ryan that i said did you start to get mad and he says yeah he says i started to feel like i wanted to kick him back i said okay i'm like those feelings ryan i'm like you need to harness that and put it into your fist and then knock him out yeah it's true and victor says and then son he says if you get sent home for fighting he says that night we're going out for ice cream that's right (laughs) i said exactly your situation's pretty common my situation was a little excessive that's an unusual situation that was really it was very bad and and violent yeah it was very violent this this kid is poorly behaved because of several reasons first of all the whole warning and sending home notes and all that garbage doesn't work you know i know they try to do it but it doesn't work this kid needs his ass kicked and he will learn his place at school Adults can't do that, you know, and kids are never left on, you know, no one's allowed to, you know, everybody's got to walk around like little robots, you know, you can't run on the blacktop, you can't get dirty, you know, it's completely different. Like when it was, when when I was in school, it was a very different time. I mean, it just was. I mean, Victor and I laughed because Ryan, like we were talking to them about playing tag and probably not allowed to touch each other brian's like oh well we have a hands-free zone and i'm like what's a hands-free zone and he's like well we can't touch each other and i'm like you can't even play tag see that's ridiculous ridiculous? yeah it's i i mean i i realize that you know violence isn't the answer but you know teaching kids that touching each other is bad i think actually violence can be the answer sometimes recipe recipe for god what kind of children are what kind of adults are all these hands-free children well and that's what Victor told me but Ryan wasn't in the room but he's just like if Ryan can't deal with or this keeps happening and the school can't handle it he says that I'm gonna find this kid's dad and I'm gonna kick his ass yeah I mean well and I remember one time there was another incident similar to what this is and I remember calling the school and going I want the name they're like well we can't we we really want to handle it here I'm like well you tried that and it didn't work now give me the name of this person (laughs) right Mrs. Minor what like, I want the don't name. Mrs. Minor me. You know what? I don't play this. I just don't. Did they so give, give me the you? name. They're like, well, we would really rather try to handle it here. And I said, you have one day. <laughs> one day to figure it out. It was yeah, really funny. I used to do that with um, the kids at, when they were in daycare, like before they could talk. And right. they would get like scratches or You're like, what is they this? would they'd get bit, but they would never be able to tell you who did it. And I'm just like, yeah. which one of you little fuck bags bit <laughs> my kid? I, I don't know. care that you're one and a half. And <laughs> like, so I'm going to bite I would you get back. So pissed. So finally, when they yeah. were able to talk, I'm like, yes, now you can <laughs> tell me who did it. Tell me. Was it Robbie? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so funny. The Ugly Truth mobile app is now available for Droid and Apple users. Of course, the episodes are always free and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. But having the Ugly Truth app not only helps support the show, you'll also get extra content like our Ugly Cuts. To get more info and download the links, visit UglyTruth.com slash app. That's U-G-L-E-E Truth.com slash A-P-P. And thanks for helping out. Now, let's get back to the uglies. So I guess it's time for our ugly and awkward moment of the week.
sponsored by our Amazon page. Please visit UglyTruth.com. Click on the Ugly Mall, and then you find our Amazon link and do all your shopping through there, and it helps out our show. And by the way, now we will be talking about this next week. I'm not a big fan of Valentine's Day. I don't know if you are either. Uh, I'm just not really. However... Amazon has great deals on jewelry and yeah. little things for Valentine's Day. So if you want to shop through the Ugly Mall and, you know, get some cute stuff for, you know, if you're, you have a girlfriend or your hubby needs a new watch or whatever, you should go through our Amazon page for your Valentine's Day treats. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of jewelry. So that well, I don't need a holiday for jewelry. That would be a good one. OK, yes. so go on. Recently. The weather, I mean, it's not been cold, and I actually feel really bad talking about the weather right now because, you know, it's like... Nantucket. It's like 65 degrees outside, and, you know, Mm. everywhere else in the country, people are, like, you know, sliding down their own driveways. I know. They're chopping the ocean off of their house, Pretty much. I know. Yes. But it gets a little frigid at night, and so I like to have fires. I find it to be very therapeutic, and so I found a Craigslist ad that said, you know, you can get a wheelbarrow or you can get a truckload, you know, whatever you want. Just, you know, come down and and name your price. For what? Oh, for wood? For wood. Sorry. Yes, for wood. And so I called the guy and I'm just like, well, for 50 bucks, you know, can I can I fill up the back of my SUV? And he's like, yeah, sure. And we drove down, but I was reading the ad and it's just like, you know, it's season six months, blah, 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 no bugs. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Because I'm like, no bugs means like no spiders, no, spiders. no ants, no yeah. nothing. And oh I'm like, God. oh, I'm like, it's amazing. Yes. So we get there and then suddenly I'm standing there and I'm like, so do we like load it ourselves or because it was just me and the kids oh (laughs) oh dear where were you where was this it was i don't even want to tell you wait wait it was near oak park (gasps) why did you do that i I what is wrong with you i know i don't know what i was thinking so right for a kidnapping what is up no he was a very nice gentleman wait did he want to sell you crack or something no, like was no. it a was it like a was it like a, a ruse like no, yes we have actually... quote unquote bug free oak wood no it was a lot with bunch of wood out there and so mm-hmm. all right and so i'm like so do we like load it ourselves or what are we doing and he's just like well uh yeah he's like but i don't mind helping you i'm like okay and he's also uh y'all going camping and i'm like what no. Um, do I look like I go camping? <laughs> That's what I said. I started laughing. And so we're <laughs> chit-chatting. And I said, I picked your ad because the part where it says no bugs, that was, you know, really a plus. And yeah. he's like, oh. And he just kind of like looked at me weird. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, no cause I'm like, I don't want to deal with spiders and and all that stuff. And he's like, well, no bugs usually means no disease on the wood. Oh. He's all, you can't really guarantee, like, in a pile of wood that there won't be any bugs in there. Oh, my God. And I'm like. Is there any bugs in there? <laughs> but I'm like, oh. Oh, God. Okay. I'm like, well, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I said, so there might be, like, spiders and things in there. He's like, I doubt it. But, I mean, you can't guarantee that there would never be a bug. In I'm making a fists with my hands. Stack of wood. <laughs> I'm afraid. 
But I was mostly felt like an idiot because I'm thinking like, oh, good. A pile of firewood that's that's guaranteed to be bug free. Well, that's what I was thinking. If I had read that, I'd be like, whatever they did to get rid of the bugs. That's what I was. I was thinking, oh, major plus. But no, he just meant it was diseased free. And Uh, so I was like, well, I guess that's good, too. But I don't even know what that means. What kind of diseases could possibly affect firewood? Like you're burning it. Like what does it matter? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so then I think he felt kind of bad because I'm like, well, can we get some kindling? And he's like, uh, sweetheart, get whatever you want. Aww. So I was just like, he's like, you're such hey. a sad little girl. Like, like you're out here at Oak Park with your two children, and you're you know so dumb. Lily White, you Lily White <laughs> and woman. You're so dumb. Aww. So. How funny. Well, there lesson you have it. learned: bug free does not mean that it's without spider or ant. Did you find any? Well, now I'm looking every time I oh pick up a God. piece of wood. Yeah, I'd be afraid. I'd be well, like, when no. we were first there, I was just digging right in because I'm thinking like, shit, <laughs> there's, there's no stuff, bugs in here. There's nothing in this stuff. <laughs> Who knows? I probably could have grabbed a handful of black widows. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awful. Anyway. OK, so obviously I had a handful of awkward moments in Vegas. OK. <laughs> The one thing I did, I neglected to tell you, the reason why there were so many unusual looking porn stars in the airport. Oh, yeah. Why? I meant to tell you was that the AVN Awards were occurring the same weekend as the cheer uh, competition. Now, I did not know what AVN was. AVN is Isn't the... Isn't that a bird flu? Avian mm, flu? Avian, but AVN is the Adult Video News Network. And it's a... Apparently, it's kind of like the Oscars for porn. Oh. So there were parties and porn stars everywhere. And there's an expo that goes with it. So every pervert who has the audacity to actually travel to Vegas to go to this sex thing was also there so you know i mean i realize that a lot of people watch porn in the privacy of their own home but to be motivated enough to purchase a ticket to go to this expo additionally to go to travel to this place to see these things that takes it to a little bit of a different level well those those people were also there i guess here's the thing is is like there's so much porn out there like i wouldn't even i don't even think i've seen the same person twice I know, but like, but how would you recognize like who's there was a heightened level of of pornography that weekend, unlike normal. You know what I mean? So were they like actually doing sex acts? Like in- there was a lot of scantily clad women and a lot of stereotypical, you know, the kind of guy you would expect to be looking at porn there. It's kind of like an expo. Like, it is, um, it's called an expo. Yeah. Yes. So like, you know, when you go to the state fair and they have like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the yellow mops and, you know, yes. the shamwows. So it is just like that. They're selling their wares. But it's like sex toy, adult porn. Yes. You know, stars. Well, that would, you know, I, I would go to that if you I had would? been there. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I would just be so afraid. To, I mean, I'd keep my hands in my pockets. I wouldn't touch anyone or anything i wouldn't buy any liquids or foods there god. i would just literally walk with my You'd hands get hit to my by side. a water mister and be like oh my god god what was that <laughs> get out yeah i i'm not you know i guess i would do anything once 
just to say I've I've tried it as far as things like events like that. It's but just the morbid curiosity. Well, it's, you know, it's just like the Dickens Fair, I suppose. Just go and look around and see what it's all about. But the awards event. <laughs> it's just the Dick's Fair. It's the Dick's <laughs> Fair instead. And, you know, on a side note, um, you know, it did not pass me the vagina in the foot thing that someone posted. Oh, well, our, okay. So the... If we're going to talk about it. The vajankle... <laughs> Yes. Stephanie posted that first. Why would she? Okay, I had heard about this on a show a while ago, and I had not seen it. I saw it, and I'm like... And then I posted it. Why would someone think, when when they think about that fetish, do they really envision a vagina in the foot? I mean, that's weird to me. No, I think they just enjoy looking at the foot. That is so unusual i'm not gonna say disgusting because everybody's got their thing but did you actually tell me your awkward moment yet no i need to tell it to you i'm sorry i got i got sidetracked with the the fact that there were children and adult video people you know how good my memory is i'm sitting here thinking and i'm like trying to remember no i didn't tell me i just there's so many things that that i forgot to tell you about vegas i'm sure gonna be telling you about it for a month but anyway so we're in vegas daryl has arrived Malia is on her little trip with her team and her coaches. And so we have like an hour to kill. There was a bar that we hadn't seen yet where it was like enclosed. It was like super like there were doors and everything. It was this Irish bar. And so I said, well, let's go into that because that's completely separate from the casino. And maybe, you know, there were sports on. And I said, let's just go in there. We'll order a cocktail and we'll just chill in there because it looks smoke free. Well, we walk in and of course there's a bunch of old people smoking cigars. So that's not happening. But we sat at the bar anyway and it was empty, which was nice. And so I said, what are you going to have? He's like, I don't know. He goes, I'm thinking I'm going to have a Manhattan because he's he's on this new Manhattan kick. He really likes these Templeton Rye Manhattans. What? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what? what's happening to your husband, Jamie, but... What? It's a whiskey. No, I know, but I'm just thinking thinking to last week how, like, <laughs> actually the last couple of episodes, there's been yes. things that have been happening, and you're like, I think it's an age thing, but the thing, the more I was thinking about it, I'm like, he's only going to get older. Like, oh, it's yes. only going to get worse. Are you going <laughs> to be able to make it? Yes. We actually had quite a discussion after last week's episode because... Was he upset that I suggested that you take him to the vet? No, actually, because I told... He goes, he had been reflecting and he's like, I feel really bad because... He has noticed that he's just slacked a bit. And I and I we got in an argument about it and I said, I think you've forgotten who you're married to is what I think. Could and be. I said, and if I have to remind you, I will. And I did. And so we're back on track. Good. No. This is the Manhattan is like the old fashioned. It's just without the the cherries, basically. Okay. It's a little different. It's an offshoot. It's a really good drink. It's a good whiskey drink. So okay. anyway. He, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to order Manhattan. I go, I'm just going to get a crown and ginger because I just feel like having something, you know, refreshing. And uh-huh. so the guy comes up, Scott, and Scott comes up and he goes, what can I help you with? And I said, well, I would like a crown and ginger on the rocks with three cherries, please, because I'm very specific about how I like my crown and ginger. Okay, he's like, Sally. Yes, exactly. And I want it on the side. I don't want it in the drink. And I want crushed ice, not block ice. And I want long stems, not short stems. Yes. I want them not stemless. And so and I want two napkins. And so (laughs) and I'm very specific about it. And they're like, got it. And so then Daryl goes, I'll have a Manhattan. And the guy just stares at him blankly. And he goes, well, what kind of whiskey? Well, he said, do you have Templeton rye? And he's like, he did not know what Templeton rye was. And he did not know how to make a Manhattan. And he's a bartender. 
And a Manhattan an, is at about... At an Irish pub. At an Irish pub. And so Daryl's like, he's like, you know what, sir? He goes, I'm so sorry. He goes, I'm new. I didn't bring my book with me. And I don't know how to make a Manhattan. Well, then Google and, it, dipshit. That's what I said. I go, well, maybe you could just Google it, you know? And he's like, well, what what's in it? He's asking us what's in a Manhattan. We just talked about this last week. Did we not? Poor service. Like, if yes. I have to work for it, like, if I have to make my own drink, then you should be paying me for it and tipping right. me. Yes. And so now he's he's like, well, let me see. So he's like, we don't have Templeton rye. So he pulls out some random bottle of brown liquor and he's like, well, will this work? And so this is not my awkward moment yet. This is this poor guy's awkward moment. <laughs> he has God. no idea how to make a Manhattan. So I'm sitting there and I said, he, and he's apologizing. And I said, well, that's all right. You're new. I can see because his badge says he's been there, you know, for like three months. I said, well, I see that you're new. And he goes, yeah, I'm new. And he wasn't being a dick or anything. So it, this was me. And I said, well, you know, it's not like we're anywhere. I mean, we are at the Orleans. It's not like you're anywhere really great. God, Jamie. And the guy goes, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, this isn't a real pub or anything. I mean, this is the fucking Orleans Hotel on the stri- off the strip. God, you're such a bitch. <laughs> and Daryl just put his head down. And I said, but good news you can learn how to make a Manhattan, and before you know it, you'll be on that strip. <laughs> you'll, you'll be at Hooters. Before you know it, you'll be at the Aria. And he's like, true. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe. What is with you? So Daryl just put his head down, and he goes, you know what? That was almost worse than when you said that one of the coaches looked like a cafeteria lady. <laughs> Jesus. I said, well, she did. Had she, how much of your cocktail had you drank by now? I hadn't gotten my cocktail yet. Oh, God. But what I realized was that as the week uh, in Vegas had progressed, I was getting more tired and delirious. And so the filter <laughs> had completely left the building by that point. That I was done. There was a lot of social outing for you. So. And I mean, you know, you're this way. You can deny it all day long, but I start touching things that shouldn't be touched. You know, there was this big vase with beads on it, and I start playing with the beads while we're waiting for a table. That's why I started playing with the spark plugs last week, because I was just sitting there, and I'm like, I should have just left them alone, but no, I I can't stop myself. I just have to touch things. I just start, I can't help it. And so it's like, the thing's going to break. It's this huge 30-pound blue vase that's going to fall over, because I can't keep my hands to myself. But somehow we think, well, maybe it's glued down, or, you know, maybe (laughs) it's not really happy here. We start, yeah. We we create backstories. Stories for, for in, inanimate objects. For inanimate objects. Yes. Or the time where, you know, I ran right into a giant pillar and I turned around to Joe and go, you better watch that. Because <laughs> someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, right. That is <laughs> really, me. that is really unsafe. Yeah. That, a lot of that happened. There, there should be some that. yellow tape somewhere. There should be a border here to keep people An from hurting themselves. <laughs> yes. So there were plenty of awkward moments, but I think insulting the poor little bartender who Jesus. didn't know how to make a Manhattan. Yeah, for real. Talk about, he probably just thought you were the nastiest bitch ever. But I wasn't being nasty. I was being like, but hey, No, so but that's what makes it worse is like you're <laughs> condescending. I, but not on purpose. I was being genuine. That was the thing. I, and so I turned to Daryl and he did try to figure out how to make a Manhattan, by the way, with the help of Daryl and others somehow they were able to put this drink together well did he have to have one that bad could no in fact in fact 
Daryl even said, he goes, you know, I'll just have a Jack and Coke. Forget it. You know, I'll just have a Jack and Coke. But this guy was now determined to prove me wrong that he could make a Manhattan. So he made one. Oh, he was going to make it. We watched him make it. He didn't spit in anything. (laughs) No, I'm just saying like, you know, he's come to Vegas. He's going to make it. Yeah. So I told Daryl when we left, I said, hey, you know what, though? For the rest of his life, he'll be the best Manhattan maker on the strip. He will never not know how to make a Manhattan after today. Thanks Thanks to to me. You know what? You actually, you're doing the I did a public, service. The public a service. That's right. Best Manhattan maker in Vegas. We will see his name in lights one day. I, I bet you if you go to the Orleans, he's not even there anymore. I hope not. I hope he, he pulls his bootstraps up and gets the hell out of there. He's probably making Manhattans at the Aria. <laughs> <laughs> God. So. I know. So bad. Well, I think that wraps it up this week. It does. We hope everybody enjoyed the show. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, for those of you watching the Super Bowl, go sports. Yay. Yeah, Whatever I teams. Even, I yeah. So don't care. We're probably not going to watch. Katy Perry's doing the halftime show. I could give two shits. Oh, see, I kind of like Katy Perry. Uh, I used I'll to. Watch. That's, eh. that's, well, the that's how I felt when Beyonce was doing the halftime show. I'm like, eh, don't care. But so um, enjoy your week. We'll be back next week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. That's it for this week. Be sure to check out UglyTruth.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, or, of course, the Ugly Truth mobile app for any past shows. And then every Sunday, you'll get a brand new episode. We truly appreciate you listening and sharing the ugly truth with your friends and family. Until next time, get all the truth you need at UglyTruth.com and stay ugly, my friends.